0: All right, everybody. Hello. Welcome to our podcast. Um, Today we are talking with Tammy Kovach and we are going to start off with Julia um, asking her a few questions. So welcome to welcome to our chat. Great to have you, Tammy. Julia, take it over, girl.
1: Hi, Tammy. So as Professor Boyer said, my name is Julia Ambrosi. I'm a current nutrition student here at Ohio University. So just kind of wondering what led you to the NDTR path. Where did you go to college and where did you get your degree in food and nutrition sciences?
2: Well, a little background. Um, I went to Ohio State and I graduated with a degree in early childhood education, which has nothing to do with my nutrition. A friend and I had um, our own daycare for a while and I met someone who was a dietitian and we would talk about her career and her job. And I just thought it sounded really interesting. So I started investigating and I really didn't want to go back um, and pursue that RD. It was going to be a long process. So I found the DTR program at Columbus State. Um, It was two years I could transfer over some of my basic classes. So it only took me two years. And I could pretty much do everything I wanted to do. I mean, I have to work under the license of a dietitian, but luckily for me, I've had some great dietitians and that have trained me well. And so I just that was the route I took. It just seemed like it was the easier path.
0: So, like how did you just run into a dietitian in the daycare center? How did how did you did you have a friend that was an RD or what? She was.
2: She was a parent. She dropped we took care for kids. Oh, okay. So every morning when she would drop the kids off, she would tell me about where she was going or what she was doing that day. And we just kind of started chatting and got to know each other. And, you know, I would ask her questions, you know, what do you do and how do you like <laughs> it? And it sounded really interesting and something that I thought that I would enjoy.
0: So I started okay. looking
2: a way that I could pursue that career.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, maybe people can listen to our podcast now. So now they'll know what we do on every day, right? Now they can listen to Wouldn't you, right? You know what Wouldn't they, that be great? If they want to change careers. Okay. All righty. There you go.
1: Absolutely. And so continuing on with that, with your two-year degree that you completed, was that an NDTR certificate program or was that an associate's degree? How did you get that certification?
2: It is an associate's degree. Um, and then I okay. take an exam. So okay. it's through the... Um, Oh, Angie, you're going to have to help me. It's through the,
0: what's our? It's the Academy? No, oh, the CDR. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, CDR stands for Commission on Dietetic Registration. Yes. So yeah, they oversee diet techs and registered dietitians. Right. CDR.
2: So I had to take that test to get my credentials. And then now I just have to do continuing education. Um, and we have to have 50 hours, I think, in five years.
1: Okay, yeah, absolutely. So you still are continuing with your academic learning throughout while working under the licenship of a dietitian. Yes. So, would you consider your NDTR like area of expertise? Do you have a specific area of expertise, or how do you kind of? Um, I guess Angie, I don't know what question I'm trying to ask, but like, what's her specialty? How would you ask this?
0: Well, Tammy, tell us where do you work right now. Or what And what's your specialty?
1: Right now, I work um, for a company
2: called Armstrong Nutrition Management, which we are a consulting company, and we do consulting with long-term care, and so what they do is my company will set up a contract with um, a nursing center, and then they will contract us so many hours a week, and then my job is to go in and... Um, I do all of the documentation, the clinical documentation. Um, I do the assessments where we look at, um, you know, their diagnosis, their medications, and their height and weight. You know, we, look, we do a full nutritional assessment. Um, and, and then we come up with the care plan. We make recommendations. And that's what, you know, the geriatric population, although a lot of our folks um, in long-term care now are... Uh, quite a bit younger. I'm just working on someone now who's 49 years old.
1: Wow. Okay. Wow. So you've kind of seen your population change a little bit throughout the years. So along with working with like special populations and you're using the word we a lot, are you going into each patient's room along with the dietitian, And are you guys pursuing those physical assessments together or are you doing it and then just having your dietitian write off on your work? Okay. okay. That's a great question. Right now
2: I work pretty much independently. Um, And then a lot of my places, I am the main person. I go in weekly. My dietitian comes in monthly. So there is a level of trust there. It takes a little bit of getting used to each other. I mean, that dietitian has to make sure that I know what I'm doing because I'm working under their licensure. Um, And that's something I take pretty seriously. I know how hard they work for that. So I make sure that I'm on my A game all the time. So I don't um, Cause any trouble for them. So I think once they have a level of comfort, they don't necessarily look at every single assessment that I do. Um, and they're always there if I have a question or if I'm not sure of something. Um, so, and I have my dietitian that works in the center with me, but we also have a whole team of dietitians um, that are always available you know, for a call or a text, um, an email or something like that. Sometimes I still reach out to your professor when I have a question.
0: Yeah, Tammy and I go way back.
2: We do. Angie trained, trained me. She was one of the first dietitians um, that I worked with. And I wow. feel like that's what made me a much better diet tech because, you know, she showed me the ropes. She taught me how to do it. You know, I'm sure I went to school, but, um, you know, she taught me how to write my notes and probably if she still
0: read my notes, she would probably see a lot of uh, her style Boy, how times have changed, too, because, yeah, we didn't start with A-dime notes, by the way, everybody, right? Wow. Oh, and everything was handwritten. We didn't have a computer. Yeah, yeah. No, Tammy's awesome. And, you know, gosh, it is true. I mean, you go in and and you get to know each other. You train each other, really, though. And like, hey, this is my style. This is my style. And there's, I don't feel like a lot of overseeing once the process starts. I think once you build that relationship and that comfort
2: level, Correct.
0: Correct. Um, and Tammy, you talked about there's a team of dietitians where you work. How exactly what do you mean by that? Go ahead, I just want to say I don't think most people understand, so like you work for a firm, and there might be like, you know, eight, 10 RDs on staff yes. and 12 DTRs on staff or something. Right, right. We have many, We have many more dietitians actually on staff than we do DTRs. I think
2: there's only four maybe. DTRs oh, okay. and cluster dietitians, and we cover um, multiple states. We have accounts in Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Pennsylvania. I think we even have some down in Arkansas. Um, and so there's a whole team of us that you know you can send a text or a call to anyone if you have a question or and and everybody kind of has their specialty. I mean, I work with one dietitian over in Lima, and her background is TPN. So she's my ex, my TPN expert. If I have questions, which I always call her for that. Um, so we have people who, you know, have their area of expertise and they're there to help, you know, we try to help each other out.
0: Okay. Perfect. And then TPN, what does TPN stand for? What is TPN real quick?
2: Uh, TPN is when someone is not taking any food or fluids by mouth. Um, and it's total parenteral nutrition, parenteral nutrition. Yeah. Do you see that much? Occasionally um, it's very expensive. So we have to make sure that, you know, we can get reimbursed for that because it is expensive and it's, a lot of places don't want to pay for that. So we don't see it a lot, but we've had it
0: occasionally. I would assume that if, if somebody can't take anything by mouth or PO, that's usually tube feeding instead of TPN, if they can tolerate it. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Got it. Okay. Whew, sounds like you got all kinds of clinical things going on.
2: We're pretty busy. We see a lot of different things. <laughs> we see a lot a lot of we have a lot of um, dialysis patients right now for some reason and, and it seems like it goes in cycles. Okay right now we have a ton of um, dialysis patients a few months ago, it was tube feeders. Everybody that came in was either on an NGD or a peg tube a long time ago where we would have you know everybody was coming in with a hip replacement or a knee replacement. We don't really see those folks. They're pretty much going home now, and we're getting really sick people who maybe should be in the hospital a little bit longer, but they get discharged right now to long term care. Interesting.
1: Cat Blend, real quick. You talked about contract work, Tammy. Do you have any traveling associated with your work, or um, are you kind of staying in your same area going to those long-term care facilities in your area? That's a great question. I I do
2: have my set facilities that I go to. Um, Right now, I have two, and I visit each of those twice a week. Um, One of them is about 50 minutes away, so it's round trip, it's about 90 miles And my other one is closer and it's probably about 25 miles. So it's 50 miles round trip, but I, I am willing to travel. I've been as far as Cincinnati, I've covered Toledo,
1: um, Southern Ohio, you name it. And you have a specific office that you report to daily, correct? I do not. (laughs) I do not. We
2: work pretty much independently. Um, we log our hours through the computer. You know, we log on, we have a website set up. We log our hours and our mileage. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. And then we have a report that we
1: write and then that also gets uh, submitted at the end of the month. Okay. Nice. So along with that and your patients that you're kind of in a wave of dialysis patients right now, do you find that there are specific similarities among your patients or do you find that you're like, consistently giving the same diet education or consistently giving the same nutritional advice to people? Do you find anything similar, similar to your patients? It is, it is, there is a lot of similarity. Um, Following a renal diet is very challenging
2: for a lot of folks. Um, Not only do we have to worry about, um, you know, their protein needs, a lot of times it's the fluid restrictions that come into play that make it really difficult.
0: Oh, that would not be fun. That would not be fun. It's it's a challenge.
2: It's a challenge. And then, you know, a lot of times we're weighing if someone is, you know, at a certain age, what is the benefit of following that therapeutic diet as opposed to liberalizing it and letting them maybe eat a little bit more. With our older folks, we do tend to liberalize and allow some,
1: some things that we wouldn't for some younger folks. Of course. Do you find with your dialysis patients, you're working in the long term care facility and they're staying in this long-term care facility or do you eventually see your dialysis patients head home?
2: It depends. Um, We do have several that are long-term. Okay. And we do have some younger folks right now that
0: do, that do return to home. Okay. Just curious. Okay. Thank you. You know, Tammy, I think I'd like to talk about diet education. You know, so you educate the patient. So, like, let's say they come and they're in this long-term care facility, and do you go and you go see every patient? You do a nutrition assessment on them, but do you go in and say, "Hey, this is what your renal diet is." Is that part of your job, like in a long-term care? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yes. Yes. We're continually educating, um, especially because they are there all the time, um, and we walk the fine line of. You know, educating them, but they are still allowed to make their choices. They have resident rights. Um, and if someone chooses not to follow their diet, then we allow them to do that. You know, it, when they live with us long term, that it is their home. And those are choices that they can make. They would be doing that if they lived alone at home. I just can come in and be the friendly reminder of, oh, hey, you probably need to be following this diet. Here's how this could help if you would follow this diet. And we try to work to maybe make compromises. Okay. Like instead of, you know, a whole piece of cake, maybe you can have half a piece of cake. Maybe you could have real dessert three times a week instead of seven times a week. Um, so,
0: and it's just learning. It's learning your people. Right. Knowing how to work with them. Absolutely. So, um... All right. So maybe like typical workday hours. Like so do you have to go to work at the same time and then come home at the same time? Does it work like that as a consultant? I do not.
2: I mean, I do not have to be there. I don't clock in on their clock. I do try to keep a consistent schedule just so people know when I'm coming and going. But if something comes up and I need to change my day, all I do is let the facility know, hey, I can't be there today. I'll be there this day. Um As far as the work day, it it depends on the workload. Um, You know, sometimes you're lucky and you walk in and you only maybe will have a few admissions and a few quarterly assessments. Sure. And so it's a short day. Or sometimes you may come in and there's going to be 10 admissions and 15 quarterlies and, you know, diet educations. And (laughs) then that becomes a long day. Um, So my hours are not set.
0: Um, You work until the work is done. You work until the work is done. (laughs) Got it. And sometimes it feels like it's never done. Well, we'll use that as a springboard to talk about the pros and cons of being a consultant. So what are two specific pros do you think about your job?
2: My job specifically, I feel the con is my flexibility. I pretty much make my own hours. Just getting to know the people that I work with is fantastic. You know, I love my residents the interaction with different disciplines that, you know, you work with nursing, you work with doctors, you work with therapy. We pretty much work with everybody. Um, so I really do enjoy that. I feel like the biggest con is you feel like your work is never done. Um, you know, you always worry about these folks, or at least I do, you know, I I worry about them when I come home, that I do the right thing, that I make the right recommendation, you know, is the tube feeding order correct?
0: A lot of response. That's a lot of responsibility.
2: There's a ton of responsibility. There's a ton of responsibility. Um, But it's good. I mean, I feel like I make a
0: difference. That's awesome. That's definitely a pro. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Okay. Well, I just thought of a story. Um, Tammy and I, we worked together at a facility once. And I'm not going to say where. Um, and one of the nurses had goats. She had goats, so she had a. And so on the farm they had a baby goat. So she visited the veterinarian, and they made sure this this animal was healthy. But I looked up one day. I'm standing there at the um, the MAR, the medical administration record. You know, I stand there where they give the meds, and I look over, and this lady is holding a baby goat with a diaper on. I'm like, okay. True story. I'm like, you know, you. I I bet you yes. never know. You never know. But and that is more of a home-like atmosphere. You know, and you just go with it, right? And I'm sure the, I'm sure the residents loved it. I'm like, there's a goat in a the diaper. there's a goat. Yes.
2: And right now, I the two places that I go to. One, um, everything is comfort matters. Everything is patient-centered care. Uh, and my other one is a little more clinical. It's it's more of a rehab. We have a lot more turnover. So yeah, you're more likely to see the the baby goats visiting in that comfort matters or the you know patient-centered care as opposed to
0: the more clinical. Sure. Because, okay. Yeah. And that makes sense because those residents are probably there for life, maybe. That's the comfort. Right. And then in the rehab, right. I take a patient's calm, they receive rehab and then with goal to go home to go home. Um, to go home. Yeah. Like that would maybe be fra- fractures or acute situations. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay.
1: So I have a question before. Sure. I know it doesn't really have to do with talking about, you know maybe what your job entails, but as part of a pro, you mentioned flexibility of your job. Mm-hmm. Would you consider your job an independent job with Limited co-workers? or are you working independently a lot of the time, or how would you kind of describe that? That's a good question. That's a great question, actually. Um, a, a huge
2: part of the pro for me is I don't get involved in the day to day dealings or happenings in my facilities. So I'm not involved in, um, I'm not sure what word I want to use here, Angie. All the gossip and the turmoil.
1: Yeah, of, of course. Okay, yeah. So you're still kind of waking up. You're going to these places. You're going to cut your info, and you're going to head home. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I follow. Yes. Great. Yep. Good to know. Yeah. Which makes that really nice because then I can get along
2: with everybody. Absolutely. You're just kind of you know of terrible, I get along good with time, and then you're out. I get along with nursing. I get along with dietary. You know, I work with therapy. I work with all these disciplines, um, and I just am not involved in that day to day. Um, I don't want to say nitpicking, but
0: how about drama? Yeah. You know, yes. So, drama is a great word. That is something that I always liked as a consultant because you do, you can if you work somewhere 40 hours a week, you definitely get, you know what I mean? It's easier to get involved in things. Let's see, maybe you don't want to get involved in. Right. And when you're dealing with people's lives, it's like, Hey, I think I'd like to concentrate on the, right. the flow of, of Right. Right. Um, of the iso instead of right, right. something that is not my business. That has nothing to do with me.
2: Yes. <laughs> well that is, that, is the, that is a huge uh, pro for me is that I'm not involved in that day-to-day drama. Um, I can kind of go in and do my,
0: do my part and get it done. Nice. Okay, cool. So our in long-term care, is most everything digitized now? Is digitizer right? Is is everything in the, on the computer? Most people aren't on paper anymore. No, we all
2: are using the electronic medical record. Um, all of the recording is, is done there. I still am old school. I still take my notes on paper <laughs> and then put it in my assessment. Um, so when I gather my information, I still um,
0: write it all down on a piece of paper and then Put it into my assessment. I still think that goes a long way. Just writing it on paper, and you still at least have a record because, yeah, that is worrisome. I, yeah, and a lot of times I have noticed. I feel like patients. There's better patient interaction if you have a piece of paper instead of you're standing there the whole time. Like, right, you're punching on an iPad, and they're like, "Are you like looking at me? Are you listening? Are you listening?" Yeah, and I think that bodes well for patient care for sure.
2: I do too. I agree with that. I, I, I like to be able to look them in the eye and have a conversation and I'm not just standing there, you know, do you like peaches? Do you like oranges? Do you like, you know, we can have more of a conversation. Do you like fruit? Do you like most vegetables?
0: (laughs) Yes. Sometimes
2: it's easier to know what you like versus what you don't like.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right.
2: Are you using the A dime note in your practice? I do not. Um, there again, I've been doing this a really long time. And we, we write out the old fashioned soap notes and we, you know, we start off okay. with our diagnosis and okay. work our way through the meds, the diet, the weights, the labs and the skin.
0: Okay. Yeah. And then that way, I mean, I think some places, am I correct, have basically just a click it, click to create the A-dime, but then some places you can just write it out or type it out, right? For the soap, for the risk. Right. And then. Right. Tell me, well, maybe I'll answer, Tammy, maybe I'm wrong, but Julia, I feel like af- after you're in long-term care enough and you understand the system, you know exactly what the nutrition triggers are going to be. So you very specifically write out what, what is wrong with your patient, which correlates with this other extensive amount of paperwork. Right.
2: Yes. And that's why writing a PES statement didn't work for long-term care. Is because we can't pick one problem. If someone has heart disease and diabetes and dialysis, we have to deal with all of those things. We can't just pick one area and focus on that. We kind of have to cover the whole patient. Yeah. Sure.
0: So I've seen companies that you know choose a few PES statements. Yeah. But a lot of times, I feel like in long-term care, we end up choosing something like inadequate PO intake. So I feel like we end up you know finding a PES statement that's very broad like inadequate caloric intake or compromised understanding. I think I use that a lot for the Alzheimer's population. You guys might have to refresh my memory. Compromised understanding of food and fluid or or something like that. So, yeah, it's it's different because there's so much different paperwork, don't you think, Tammy? Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, I'm going to change directions here a little bit. And you can think about this, Tammy, if you want to. But note to younger self. So if you would have to, you know, tell yourself something when you were, I don't know, 21. I don't know. I don't know what I know. What's a good age? 22. Or anyways, looking back, what would you say to yourself?
2: What I say to myself, I would tell myself to go for it, maybe a little bit more, not be so hesitant and um, more confidence, I think.
0: Isn't it hard though to build confidence when you're first starting out? It really is. Um, I work a lot
2: of times um, with dietetic students from Ohio state. And that is the one thing that I try to tell them, you know, is make sure, you know, make sure you're confident, you know, what you're doing. You've went through, you know, you have went through school, you've learned, you know, your classes, be confident, you know what you're doing. And if you don't fake it till you do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'd like to point out that Tammy is such an excellent clinician. So she is a preceptor. Yeah. That's who she means. She's Yes, she's a preceptor for um, the internship, the internship students at OSU. Oh,
1: nice. Oh,
0: yes.
2: That's
1: impressive. It is.
2: I I really do enjoy that. That's another pro. I really love doing that. Um, It's kind of fun.
1: Nice. That's awesome.
0: And I'm sure they appreciate having a seasoned professional, you know. A lot
2: of times they work with three of us. They work with our corporate dietitian who, you know, they see on the corporate level and they attend meetings and seminars with her. They work with the dietitian who comes in monthly, who has her way of doing things. And then I always joke that I'm the person who's going to teach them how to do it in the real world.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's a get her done person.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes. We have, here's our list. I'm going to divvy it up. You do these three. I'm going to do these three and so-and-so can do these three and we're going to get this list done. Hands-on
1: learning. I like it. We try to have fun while we're learning, but.
0: I, you may as well, you know, I think it's important. It's important for the patients too. Yeah. Because right. if the care, if the caregivers are miserable, you know. Our residents do love when we have students, they love
2: that. Um, I bet. They learn where they know where our office is and so they come down to visit and. They really enjoy that it's It's a really good program that we have.
0: That's nice. Thanks for students, yes, we love that. very positive. We try to be okay well, I think I don't have any more questions. Anything you want to tell us, Tammy, about your job or what you do or in general? Oh, I have a question for you, Julia.
1: yeah, anything.
0: What would you like to do so I'm actually.
1: Yeah, so I'm in school right now, and I'm set to graduate in December with my degree in nutrition, um, my undergraduate degree, and I'm actually starting my graduate degree in nutrition as well with hopes to be a dietitian um, someday in the future. And where my internship will be, I'm not exactly sure, but I will find out in November. So super exciting. That is very exciting. Well, good luck. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate
0: it. Yeah. And do you know, do you have, what? what's your interest, Julia? Like, what do you think if you had to, you know what I'm saying? Do you have any idea now where you think you'd like to spend land as a dietitian?
1: So I really, I do have an interest in diabetes. I've gotten at Ohio University, I have gotten the diabetes certificate and I feel like I just cannot get enough of it. I really have a strong um, interest in diabetes and that t- sort of care. Other than that, I am kind of interested in, I guess, dabbling into pediatric nutrition a little bit. That's the one area I have not seen anything with. So that's something that I hope in my internship that I hope to see is pediatric. Nice. That's exciting. That's, yeah, I like that. That's nice.
0: Okay. Well, Tammy, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Been a fun conversation. Yes, yes very enlightening think. too. So. Yeah, if we ask you back, would you come back and talk to us again? Sure, I would love to.